already hit record. You can't say damn it. Damn it. <laughs> why? I don't know. Why not? Now, as you were slowly coming back to the microphone, I was looking for some uh, sound effects. Uh, how, how did that go? Well, you know. Are those the sound effects? Yeah, cement steps. Oh. What are we going to talk about tonight that you need cement steps? I don't know. Maybe your room is concrete. Yeah, no, that's what you want to make a recording studio out of is concrete. Why not? Well, I mean, I can explain it to you, but it's going to sound like shit. <laughs> like we don't already. <laughs> uh, so how have you been? It has been a couple of weeks. And how about you? It has also been... Two weeks! Yeah. But for different reasons. I've actually been... Yeah, okay. Things have been going okay here. Well, that's good. Say that this is Tuesday Suck. In case you um, took a wrong turn um, over at the Tuesdays with Maury podcast or something. Um, You needed to go left at Albuquerque? If you did, then you're in for a, a, a rude awakening. But uh, we're still better than them, so fuck that show. I actually don't fuck know if that. that I'm gonna feel. I'm gonna feel bad if there's a Tuesdays with Barry podcast. And <laughs> no, see, I was ready to jump on board with you 100. <laughs> percent Well, just go with it. Yeah, fuck that. I show. I don't even know what it is, but hey, I got your back. I I only remember like I never read that book, but it was really popular when I worked at a bookstore. And so we saw it a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of books from like 99 and 2000 that I just have imprinted in my brain. Not because I read, but because I sold about a half million of them. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, for example, book four of the Harry Potter series. That was especially stressful because um, uh, they were really they're really crappily made. Uh, they um, they half-assed that book uh, through and through. And um, they kept breaking. The spines kept breaking as kids were reading it. And so we were getting many of them returned every single day. Well, the writing for book two was pretty half-assed too, so. <laughs> wow, we just lost half of our audience. <laughs> well, after that, Rowling kind of got her shit together and the series got really good, but. <laughs> I, uh, the, the funny, uh, one of the funny things about that, that particular book release, book four, because uh, I was at Borders at the time, is, um. We we were getting new shipments in of it every single day, uh, but we had like a waiting list for it, you know, and uh, and somebody, somebody on our team uh, figured out that like um, Sam's Club had them like not only in stock, but on the shelves and for cheaper than what we were selling it for. So they went down there and bought a lot of them. That <laughs> sounds <started> like <laughs> capitalism. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, in the year 2000, if you were, um, if you uh, bought that book, 
from the borders in Stafford, Texas. Uh, those probably Sam's Club copy, but uh, yeah, we made a uh, made three or four bucks on 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 you on that. But you didn't know, so you you've been happy for twenty three years, and now you're all of a sudden sad. Well, I mean, you offered a product at a price that they agreed with. Yeah, and then so, it probably broke because uh, it, it was a uh, printing job. Now, I assume your bookstore tenure predated the Dan Brown craze. Oh, when was that? Must have been. 2006. Oh, no, yeah. That, that was the yeah. movie. Oh. 2003. Three. Yeah, I was gone by then. All right, not that far gone, though. I have a funny story about that one, but do we want to drink first? Drink. I have no alcohol, but drink anyway. Yay. Listeners, grab your beverage and drink it up. Go. That was the short, short version. That was, yeah. So I have, um, I'm pretty happy about, um, so uh, we we went to the store. Um, Congratulations. Uh, Amy was with me because we were shopping for some dinner supplies. And she humored me because um, in the beer department, because that is definitely just my department. And uh, I pick. I found this new St. Arnold's. I think this is new. It's the first time I've seen it. It's called Irish Hello Dry Stout. And St. Arnold does not do a lot of dark beers, but they do them exceptionally well. And I wish they would quit with the fucking IPAs and um, do more dry, uh, darks. But this one's pretty good. But they also had bottles of the Pumpkinator. And I can tell when Ken is stopped listening to the story when he grabs paper and crumples it into the microphone. That was not paper. That was a bag of pretzels. Oh, that'll work. And I um, was listening intently for once. But they had the Pumpkinator out, which is a once-a-year beer that I thought I missed because you normally try to get, grab it around you know mid-September. Uh, and they had the, uh, the version of the Pumpkinator that is aged in bourbon barrels. Um, and so I grabbed a bunch of those too. And like, we went up to the cashier and we, I had so, I'm not going to say we, I had so much beer. I think she was probably embarrassed, but she didn't say anything cause she's sweet. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, Da Vinci Code story. So as this book was, those big craze about this book, um, it was freaking huge. Yeah. Uh, and it was entertaining. Yeah. It was okay for a book, you know? It uh Are you mixing oatmeal? No, I'm I'm eating ice cream. Oh you bastard. You have pretzels. There I'm done. Um so I I don't know if you remember, but like man, like Dan Brown was going around because this is um uh, I he pulled all this from this book that um hilariously also inspired a Gabriel Knight game, like right before the Da Vinci Code came out, but the Gabriel Knight game flopped and Da Vinci Code didn't, even though it's about the same thing. But they had uh, this some some book. I think it was Holy Blood, Holy Grail or some some bullshit. And it is the most bullshit book. And um, and Dan Brand for a long time was like going around going, no, uh, you know, like the story's fictional, but all the history is absolutely true. And it's like ridiculously bad history. Um and then eventually he was like, no, it's just fiction. What are you talking about? You're crazy. And uh, in any case, um, a lot of churches at the time felt the need to respond to it because a lot of people were coming in going, nah, Jesus was married and uh, and all that. 
So I was going to this Chinese church at this time, and they had an they had like a English service, and they they had several different, um, you know, like they had a couple of Mandarin services. I think they had like a Vietnamese service and Cantonese service. Uh, obviously, I went to the Vietnamese one. Um, I just said that. See if you're paying attention, you're not. It's okay. I couldn't come up with a witty retort. <laughs> well, the um, the pastor on the Mandarin side of things was like preaching in the English service uh, on Easter. And I, I think he figured this is like his one chance to talk to the English service because he normally doesn't at all. And so as you do on Easter Sunday, he decided to preach on the Da Vinci Code, which is kind of ridiculous. But, you know, it's his church, whatever. Anyways, I really don't think he read it. Like, I mean, the, the history out of it is crap, but I don't think he read it at all. Um, and he kept repeating like very simple mistakes. Like one of them was, um, he's talking about the Mona Lisa and, and he was talking about like that Dan Brown makes this big deal about the name Mona Lisa. And he was trying to make the point that it's like, that's not even the name of the painting. Like that's the nickname that we gave it much, much later. But instead of Mona Lisa, he kept saying the Mona Lisa smile, which is not a painting at all. It's a movie. And so he he was just up there the whole time going, it's not even called the Mona Lisa smile. And like, we're all like, we know, like, no one thinks it's called that. That's a movie. Uh, not to be confused with Moaning Lisa, which is a totally different type of movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, um, a ghost horror film. I, I remember that one. Um, anyways, it was the most surrealistic thing ever because it was, you know, this uh, this this guy who didn't speak English well who didn't research his topic well, who was preaching on Easter Sunday, which is kind of the Super Bowl of Christian of Christmas uh, Christians, and um, just was butchering this thing. But thankfully, I wasn't working at a bookstore by then. Although it looks like uh, Dan Brown's first book, Digital Fortress, came out in '98. There's a there's a 372 pages we'll never get back um, series on that book. It's pretty terrible. See, I read Da Vinci Code and then went to Angels and Demons. Uh, which I think is a better book. Yeah, I mean, they're... They're both fun. I mean, they're, you know, I, I enjoyed reading both of them, but Angels and Demons I thought was a stronger title. Well, I've read four of his books, and they're all the same freaking book. Ah, uh, see, I've, only, like, I've, I've read the two, and then I listened to the episodes for Digital Fortress on 372 pages, and that was hilariously bad. Well, after I got into... I was like halfway through the third book. I was like, okay, this is the bad guy. This is what's going to happen. And yeah, I was right. And even the cat agrees with me. <laughs> what what cat? the hell is your problem, cat? Oh, she's in here yowling. Holy crap. Apparently there are six books in the Robert Langdon series. Gosh. Latest one in 2017. I mean, I don't think he needs any more money, so. I think he's got pretty much all of it. It'd probably be a lot of work to make up a new character. That's true. And the nice thing is he can just use the same outlines. There's uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, uh, pitch meeting came out. And um, and this this kind of goes along with Dan Brown, you know, knowing who, like, the villain is and all. And, uh, it, you know, during the Five Nights for Freddy um, pitch meeting, he says, you know, and you'll never guess who the villain is. And the producer goes, this person? And they're in, you know, names, names one of the characters. And he says, how'd you know? He says, well, you've you know, introduced a limited number of characters. We're pretty much down to the last ones. <laughs> I have not seen the movie. 
Ah. Now, did you check out that video I sent you? What was that one? The thumbnail was like a short oh, introduction. Yeah. To- yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I got, I got a good hour into it. So, you know, I through the introduction. <laughs> yeah, I, I love how it's a short introduction. It's almost nine hours. I, I tell you what, like if you watched it, I think like if you go see the film, you're going to like it more because I watched the Windigoon summary of the plot before seeing the movie. And like, I, I, I like, I mean, there's, there's uh, my theater on a, on two, two o'clock on a Saturday. And since our audience does expect us to talk about, you know, box office and, you know, uh, accounting for Hollywood, some. Like, it made an obscene amount of money the first weekend. Like, way more than expected. But And so, my 2 o'clock viewing on a Saturday was utterly packed. And all the kids there were, like, anticipating all of the 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 plot points and the characters. And it was kind of cool that I had seen... I have never played these games, but I've seen... Watching the videos, like I was anticipating too. I was like, sitting there going, "Oh, that's so and so. Oh, that's that thing." So if you do go see it, I think you'll actually enjoy it more if you watch that whole video. Let's see. It's looking like, of course, this is from Rotten Tomatoes. So, grain of salt time, right? Ba-ba. Opening around forty million. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yep. It was in the seventies. Uh, domestic. When was this posted? See, no, that was, that was the anticipated amount. That's, that's what shocked everybody. Ah, yes. Okay. I see it now. Um, all right. So like as a little bit of background, this released on streaming the same day as in the theaters and it was on Paramount and Paramount had already paid Blumhouse enough money to cover their cost. And so Anything made in the theaters was just gravy. Like they were already happy. Like they were already in the black before it opened. And they were, you know, they, they at the beginning, it was anticipated to be like $30, $40 million opening, which is fine on a $20 million budget, especially if you're already in the black. That's great. Um, and then they upped their, uh, their projections to 60. And then the weekend hit and it was something like 72. Uh, Hollywood it, Reporter has it at 78. 78, okay. Domestic, and another, where did I just start? No, I don't see it now. Oh, there it is, uh, 52.6 global. Yeah, so, like, 130, you know, all profit, like, all profit. So, Blumhouse is very happy today. Meanwhile, Disney's like, what the fuck, why can't we do this? Well, well, well and this is the entertaining thing. So, this is a, this is a $20 million movie. They brought the, the, the creator, um, they had him involved in every aspect of production it, you know he helped write it he was there on the set he was you know they were very very uh intent on making something that the fans would like and and like you go to rotten tomatoes and the critics hate it but they didn't care like they're they're, they're the people who like the games who like watching it on youtube that's who they were going after and so they wanted to make it a really cool experience for them and um you know that's that's what you can do with twenty million dollars when you're when you're making something that the fans want to see. Um, so you're saying that a Hollywood studio actually approached the creator and got his input and honored his original vision for the project. Yeah, that is fucking crazy talk. 
it's it's even more crazy that the creator was canceled a few years ago on Twitter for being a Christian and a conservative. Yeah, every time they talked about Scott Cawthon, it was Christian writer Scott Cawthon. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> why does that matter? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but they, that's one thing that Michael Malice always talks about. It's like they're like in in articles they. It's like it's like the cast of characters in a play where they introduce them and the way you're supposed to feel about them at the beginning of the article. And this is kind of this is kind of the main insidious way that, you know, they they cast stories and and kind of drive you to one way or another because they could, you know, they could say, you know, Scott Cawthon, successful uh independent video game creator, you know, um or they can say Christian conservatives, Scott Cawthon. You know, what the, the first one is actually related to the movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So here it is. Rotten Tomatoes has a critic rating of 30% and an audience score of 88%. Yeah. And yeah. That like um, in my theater, like you could tell like the people who were there just were fans because they were all like, you know, they're like, oh, Dressed that's. Dressed up as Chica and Bonnie. Right. Yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> but they were, they were yelling out. It's like, oh, that's Bob. There's no Bob. But you know what? You know how, what I mean? Like they, they were recognizing characters and they were all thrilled about the movie. Um, so, well, this here, the critics consensus on Rotten Tomatoes kind of says it all. Loaded with Easter eggs, Five Nights at Freddy's may be fun to watch for fans of the game, but most viewers of any other persuasion will find this adaptation muddled and undecidedly unscary. So first of all, it's PG-13. How PG-13. scary can it get? Right, it's not. It's not very scary. It's Second not. of all, this is a product that has a set target audience in mind. Right, they shoot for that target audience, and was a massive success there. Right, <laughs> and Hollywood wonders why they can't do shit anymore. Yeah, like you know, it's like it, 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 it's just like exactly what you're pointing out. If they had like. This is a tough movie to make PG-13, and they got very creative to make it PG-13 because they wanted to hit the actual fans who are normally, you know, uh, middle teenagers or, you know, 12 or something, you know, that that range. They wanted to make it for the fans. Or 20-something YouTubers that are also middle teenage range, mentally. (laughs) Right, Yes. Or in in my case, uh, middle aged uh, <laughs> podcasters who are also extremely immature uh, as well. Yes, but yeah. If so, if you if you make it, if you really make it any scarier, it's going R. Like there, there's not a lot you can do there. But they they wanted it driven by characters and in the story, and they wanted it targeted to that audience. And so they did a great you know great job with that. But but then. The second thing is like, oh, we want it, you know, um, uh, accessible by a mass audience. I, I, I think their response would be, why? Like, you know, the, our audience did, did, did great. You know, it, like you don't need to make it appeal to, you don't need to make it appeal to, uh, you know, uh, 30 year old career women and also, uh, 45 year old podcasters and, you know, and also, um, uh, you know, farmers and police officers, like they hit their target audience extremely well and made a, made a, t- uh, a product that they, they loved and it did get, it did great for them. Now they're going to get sequels. This is what happens when you, when you actually, you know, give 
make movies that that people want to see. Yeah, but now Disney's going to buy the rights <laughs> and totally ruin it. Oh uh, well, I know. Uh, I uh, one actor said that he was signed for three movies. I don't think Blumhouse is giving it up anytime soon. Uh, they're pretty happy with it. And I, speaking of movies that uh, are designed to make people happy and are going to make a lot of money, um, they, Morning Lisa. They um they lowered the expectation for Marvels again. <laughs> so now still it's doing that. It's, so now it's like in the forty million dollar range for opening weekend in other words 300 million dollar budget marvels is going to have a worse opening weekend than 20 million dollar five nights at freddy's (laughs) it's amazing and to promote the mute movie like and uh, like you know this isn't coming out for a while in fact i think the movie's going to be out by the time this episode comes out so like if 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 the marvels ends up doing 200 million dollars in the first weekend then you know egg on my face but i I don't i'm pretty I think I'm we'll be okay. Com- well, I, I'm going to point out the last time you said that, and the last time I said that was me saying that Mission Impossible was going to have a great opening, and and I and I said something like, "I guess I, you know, I guess it hasn't come out yet. We don't know." And you're like, "Oh yeah, it's safe to assume." And it flopped. Well, it didn't flop, but it didn't make it. It lo- it it uh it lost money. Yeah, I'm mixing my I'm mixing my definitions, but we will see. But I think it was yesterday. To promote the movie, Marvels did a like eight hour stream of cat videos. <laughs> and I clicked on it and 300 people were watching. This is the Marvels, the Mar- Marvel official YouTube channel. 300 people are watching it for a cat video. Yes. I mean, your average cat video has to do better than that on YouTube. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so. So yeah, this will be entertaining. I'll um, you know, the, the the audience will know how Marvels did that first weekend. Um, test screening was very very unenthusiastic. We will see. Ah, yep. Man, I got all my Marvel talk out of the way at the beginning of the episode. Was, that's that's weird. We kind of started it early. Yeah. Um. So, I get. I, I I'm pretty much done. We 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 ready oh. to go. Cool. That was a show one. <laughs> uh, now anything um anything going on in your neck of the woods? Well, work just continues to get worse and worse because, you know, at the risk of someone hearing this, but no one's going to. Management at my company is fucking stupid. And by your company, of course, you mean uh, UPS. Yes. <laughs> so, a bit of a somber topic, but... Of course, last week was the uh, mass shooting in Lewiston, Maine, mm-hmm. which is my territory. That's where I am every day, all day. So I got a text at 4.30 in the morning, Thursday morning, from my general manager saying, oh, um, it goes without saying, but you can't go to Lewiston today. And I didn't respond, but I'm thinking, yeah, no shit. <laughs> so I go into the plant anyway, and you know, I figure at least I can do some work around there or do something. And there was a route that didn't go out. Guy was on vacation. I was like, well, I'll just cover his route. No big deal. I don't know where it's going, but we have GPS these days. See, back when I first started, we didn't have GPS. It was handwritten notes. Right. Usually handwritten by morons. Yeah. We would get such fine detail as drive down the road and turn left where the old school bus used to be. 
<laughs> yeah, that's super helpful. Thanks. <laughs> so I had the new guy with me on Thursday, and five minutes into that, I knew he wasn't going to last. Oh, no. But we got through the day, and Friday morning, we're making out a plan, and my direct boss is like, so uh, I'm going to send him with you today, too. And I was like, no, I'll just go by myself. I'll get it done quicker. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But that afternoon, he quit. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not surprised there. But now, of course, my route didn't go out Thursday or Friday, so they're just going to like credit the accounts and not bill anyone and not deliver to anyone. Yeah. Some places that works. Now, my biggest account is like, you know, they feed people that stay on property half the year. So, of course, Tuesday they call and say, hey, we need a delivery. And I'm getting, well, weren't they closed for a couple of days? Yeah, they were locked up, but you do realize that people live there, and just because they were closed doesn't mean they didn't eat. Kitchen's yeah. still running. So my boss texts me. He's like, oh, I need you to come back, reload this truck, and then go up and deliver. I'm like, dude, it's Halloween. I got to take my kid out. Can't do it. But I told them after that, like, if you can get someone to drive a truck up to me, I will service the account. Yeah. But I have to be back by four. Yeah. So... He sends a guy that does like a shuttle trip up to one of our other locations in Bangor. And he's like, well, he'll drop the stuff up off on his way to Bangor. Like, okay, that's fine. But what are we going to do about dirties? Well, what do you mean? Like you realize when I drop product off, I pick product up, right? So I had to leave eight hampers of product there, extra shit that, you know, they don't want there and then come up with some sort of plan to get them out. Yeah. And I've been dealing with shit like that all week. So it's like, you know, we'll have this plan to fix this problem, which is just going to generate three more problems down the line. And when I tell them this, they ignore me. Yep. I feel like Cassandra. <laughs> That's a deep cut for you folks out there. If you don't know who Cassandra was. That's actually one of my favorite lines from uh, uh, from Mighty Aphrodite, Woody Allen film. The whole, the whole movie is set up like a Greek tragedy, complete with a chorus. Uh, led by F. Murray Abraham, which is awesome. But uh, uh, Cassandra is um, trying to warn Woody Allen about things happening. He, he just kind of blows her off and is like, you know, why do you keep talking like that? You're such a Cassandra. She goes, she goes I'm not such a Cassandra. I am Cassandra. <laughs> <laughs> and you do realize Cassandra was always right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she was right in the movie, too. <laughs> just like every woman. <laughs> Except she was actually right. <laughs> oh, dang. You know, we had already lost half of our audience <laughs> by us complaining about Harry Potter. And by us, I mean you. Look, the other half of the audience only listens just so they can be pissed off at me. <laughs> and I'll take it. It's the hate listens. Right. <laughs> it's good for business. But yeah, that shooting happened and it was awful. It screwed me up for a couple days. You know, I do know people that were involved. And every day I found out, I find out about someone else I know that was injured because I haven't released many of the injured people's names. Uh, yeah. You know, just, and as more and more info comes out about this guy's mental health issues, like someone dropped the ball big fucking time. Yep. One thing that was pretty amusing though is, of course, the state troopers show up and start running the show. The, I guess the Lewiston chief of police, I think it was him, said in an interview afterwards that he's, you know, that, 
State troopers, the guys on the ground are fantastic, but upper management is a clown show. Like, nice, way to call them out. Yeah. Guess there was no communication. They were just sitting on all the information, weren't even sharing it with the feds. Oh, wow. And today, apparently, our fearless leader, President Biden, came to the city. Oh, good. Thankfully, I got the hell out of there before that happened, so I didn't have to deal with the traffic. Well, I mean, I'm sure Secret Service would have made you one way or another. It's true. I did see a lot of police cars sitting on various corners as I was making my oh, way out sure. of town. But yeah, so that, you know, that was the big news for me. And it just sucks. Yeah. That definitely seems, uh, you know, not nearly as important. Yeah, well, I can't do that After either. You. What was, Did you figure out what was wrong with it? I know, I know you said that you're... No, when I load it up, I get a DirectX 11 error. And so there's the option to switch to DirectX 9 instead. So I did that, and it will actually load up, but all the text is garbled. So that's less than useful. Yeah, that, that's not that's not helpful. No, not at all. And it did load once. Okay. Actually, I, the first time I ran it, it loaded up, got the uh, opening cutscene, which was pretty cool, yeah. selected a server, and then immediately crashed a desktop. Oh, gosh. Couldn't find where the crash log is. I, there must be one somewhere, but I couldn't find it. And then a few other crashes, I got it to pop up with a window actually saying it was a crash, but it's in Japanese. That is not helpful. <laughs> well, I mean, it is to some people. Maybe. I mean, Square Enix, I understand that you're a console company and you're trying to put this game out on the PC. It's a little more difficult. I get it. But the game's fucking years old by now. And yep. a ton of people have been having this problem, apparently. So I quickly lost patience and stopped messing with it. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. We did miss you in our Lollafell army. Um, how could you miss me if I was never there? And the Lollafell are very cheerful people, so they were probably fine. Yeah, I was going to play a tank, too, which probably would have helped you guys out. Yeah. Yeah, we... Um, so we, okay, so we played the multi the multi user dungeons for the first time this week, and it's a pretty cool system. Um, when you don't have when you don't have a full party, it will it will match you with people, and so it'll like the dungeons we were playing will will you know you want a healer, you want two DPS, you want a tank, and so the way we were playing, we had a healer and DPS, and so it just it just you know kind of stuck us with. Uh, a tank and a in a DPS so that we can we can do the dungeon. And dungeons are pretty fast moving. You know, they're uh ten, fifteen minutes long. A lot of enemies, a lot of a lot of places to go. And this is like this is my first ever time to play healer in a multiplayer game. I was not ready for that stress. Huh. Of trying to figure out who was under what condition and where the hit points were and accidentally like one the tank was like losing hit points really fast and I accidentally clicked the wrong person to heal and I was like no 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 get to the next round I gotta heal him. <laughs> I mean I have rays it's not gonna be that big of a deal but you know he's a tank we need him on you know we need him up and <laughs> and so um yeah, that, I, I was not, I was not, I was not ready for that. I was not used to that, and um, no one died, so that's good. That is good. But um, 
but yeah, uh, I was I was a little bit frazzled there. But we did it. We did a couple of them. And the second time, I was I was much I was much more prepared, and I was well, so the first time, like I was doing okay on the on the actual healing of HP, but I realized late that I had let let several status ailments just linger on people that really didn't need to linger. Like I could have taken care of those pretty easily. And I, uh, and I, I just, I, I, I didn't know what, I didn't know what these icons meant that I was looking at. <laughs> <laughs> so I know the other two people were probably not impressed with their, the healer that they got stuck with, but that's the nature of this particular system is that, uh, you know, they definitely didn't have time to yell at me in the game. Um, cause there were too many enemies coming and, uh, since we weren't partied up, they couldn't find me later to yell at me then if they wanted to. Hmm. Like, yeah, I saw that status symbol, but I thought the skull and crossbones was like extra damage or something you were doing. <laughs> right. It's, it's, I thought that was the death bringer, uh, you know, buff where you're just bringing so much death to others. I didn't know that it was on you. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way back a million years ago, I once single-handedly destroyed a three-hour, 70-person raid in EverQuest. Oh, wow. Because I was a healer. Oh, nice, yeah. So for the big bosses, they'd have to set up complete, the spell complete heal takes 10 seconds to cast. Yeah. So you get like five healers that all, they just rotate. So you're doing nothing but spamming complete heal on the tank. And I wasn't a healer, but my wife at the time had to like run out of the room for something so she's like oh take over for me like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing <laughs> and they were in a hardcore guild too that you know one of the top guilds on the server i think she ended up getting kicked out after like, well that's your damn fault you shouldn't have put me there right yep it reminds me of, like i was playing uh, icewind dale which is an old D game about the same time as baldur's gate a little, little after baldur's gate and uh, I, was, I was playing, and this this caster just just hit the jackpot on his spell. Like he'll he'll cast a hold spell on the party, and it's a party of five, and so like it'll like it'll like land on two of them or one or two of them, right? Normally, and the rest make their uh, spell saves. It hit on four out of the five, and so like all these, um, I think there were gnolls. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're coming in that, uh, and my last party member was a paladin and he, and I just set him up in, in this gap, you know, between two rocks and, um, was just like, okay, let's see how many of these 10 rounds that I can last before everybody else comes out of their hold spell. And he sat there and he beat it the entire time. I was so proud of him. And finally, everybody else came out, and we just we you know destroyed him after that point. But it's like, dang, Paladin, you know, holding off like uh, I think it was like eight or nine gnolls uh, just in this pass. It's like the Battle of Thermopylae. Exactly. Yeah. Except you know we didn't die at the end, which is great. Which is a much better and, ending. And you probably didn't have the abs for it. Well, my characters did. I definitely didn't. Well, that kind of goes without saying. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Is like you wanted me to play. Final Fantasy fourteen, but you wanted me to play that race. And I was thinking, you know, if I start one of the cute little cat chicks, I'll just have 14-year-old boys coming up and giving me free shit. <laughs> At least that's how it always used to be back in the EverQuest days. Yeah, I don't know how true that is anymore, but it, it, go look, I say go for it. 
we, we we're we're not really limited to Lollafell. I just uh, I think it's hilarious when like a group of them come over the hill fighting because they're because I so, I mean for you know for everybody else the Lollafell are extraordinarily tiny. I mean they're you know like in game terms they're probably three feet tall. But keeping in mind that the that the human race is like possibly the next shortest race. You know there there are races that are like eight feet tall in this game. And so the Lalafell are extraordinarily tiny compared to everybody else. And I feel bad, like, because as I'm running around uh, in towns, you know how, like, they, they do the thing in games now that as you're passing somebody, you'll kind of meet their eye as you pass them? Apparently not, but that's okay. No, uh, not really. Okay. Well, I, I swear my character's got, like, a, a, a crick in his neck because he's constantly, like, every time he runs past somebody, he has to look up at them. I can see that. From what I did hear, that the uh, racial stats are pretty much insignificant. I, I, yeah, I don't think that there's really a difference. There might yeah, I think, be, but I haven't looked at them. So, someone said that there might be like a couple points difference out of several hundred. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to play, so I don't know how the stats run, but yeah, maybe someday. I've, I've only played a couple of races, so I'm, you know, I'm not definitely not an expert, but there does not seem to be. Much of a difference, if any. Well, Lucas said he had some spare computer parts, so I might be able to piece something together. And oh, nice. Okay. Maybe get a new machine running. But we'll see. Sounds did, like a lot of work, really. Did, did he say, like, I'll let you have these parts, but you have to play Earth Dawn? He did not, and don't give him that idea. <laughs> Although this week he's been asking me for tips on how to play a bard in 5e. Well, okay. I, I like, mean, I get you covered there. Yeah. Um, just practice saying, uh, I'd like to seduce this person and then, and then roll for whatever the, the DM says. That's pretty easy. Actually, the most important line for a bard is, Hey, dumbass, you have inspiration <laughs> because your party members will never remember. Nope. Never. And like inspiration is never actually used because as soon as you give someone inspiration, they're never going to fail another roll. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's, I mean, that's why you give it, right? Yeah. I mean, look, y'all, you play, okay, so we can, we can, we can ask you very directly on this because you play a, a bard in, in Dawn of the Necromancer where y'all have yet to actually get hit by an enemy. Lately, we I'm haven't pretty, gone into a second round. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to, uh, y'all are going to start like blindfolding yourselves before battle just to make it challenging. I mean, Jeff's suggestion, like, oh, we should resurrect that guy and try again. <laughs> oh, man, how, do you, how do you piss the DM off? <laughs> yeah, we're just going to resurrect your bad guy so we can beat on him some yeah, more, because that was too easy. Yeah, maybe harder this time. Let's give it a whirl. <laughs> but when the thief hits for like 97 damage in one round, that's... Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. <laughs> that can happen. I uh, have done this thing in the past where I uh, like... Um, and, and I, I might need to do it again where I like for my bosses, uh, I kind of give them two stats. One is regular hit points and the next one is round based that, you know, like they have a hundred hit points, but three rounds. And so even if you knock off those hundred hit points, if they've got rounds still left in them, they're going to keep going at least for a little while. I mean, if you do a better job of balancing your monsters, you wouldn't have that problem. 
challenge. <laughs> and knowing the Dawn and Necromancer crew, this is a challenge that I'm going to be wholly inadequate for. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like on my Necromancer games, they have like these uh these epic battles that last for rounds and rounds and rounds, and people are like, you know, are like dying and you know, being um and start doing death rolls and like everybody's just eking it out, like all their spell s- slots are spent and all this stuff. And then I get, I get over to Donna the Necromancer. It's like, okay, all right, sneak attack. And he's dead. Well, we did have that T Rex fight where we got our asses kicked. Ah, that one was fun. <laughs> I think Jeff's character died like five times. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he kept stomping on, it, on Jeff. <laughs> but even that, I had plans to turn against you. And I've never gotten the opportunity oh. because right after that, we leveled up and I picked up Polymorph. Ah. And now it's like, hey, my character has seen a T-Rex. That's <sighs> true. And it would have been so much fun, but I've never needed it. Anyway, the listeners are probably tired of hearing us rant about D&D. Uh, they've been tired since episode one. True. So let's move on to theme parks instead. <laughs> A little bit of news there just came out yesterday. The okay. uh, Cedar Fair and Six Flags, two of the largest companies in that industry, not counting Disney and Universal, have decided to merge. Okay. Well, which is, yeah, I think it puts them at uh, like an $8 billion company. They're going to keep the Six Flags name, but Cedar Point is taking, uh, or Cedar Fair is taking 51% of the vote. Wow, okay. But I think keeping the Six Flags name is the way to go. So, so I mean, because I know Six Flags. I don't know any, I don't know Cedar Fair. Is it that big to take to take the majority? Uh, yes, revenue-wise, they... Revenue-wise, okay. I think, I don't remember the exact numbers. I think, like, last year they pulled in $1.8 billion or a million. There's a big difference there, I know. Um, anyway, it was $1.8 gil. I would hope it'd be... I mean, considering that Six Flags has five gazillion parks, yeah, I would hope that the more financially solvent one isn't making just one million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be so. Like they're pulling, they pulled one point eight billion, and Six Flags pulled like one point three. Gotcha. Okay, but wow. Cedar Fair has, I think, eleven parks, and Six Flags has like twenty seven. So what is Six Flags doing that? Um, or not doing that? Is it just that those parks are like big and draw a lot of people? Or yeah, well, Cedar Fair has Cedar Point, which is like legendary in the industry as being a great park. Maybe they just manage their money better. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's you know, um, being a a big operation doesn't mean you know doesn't mean that you're making actually making any money at all. It's big money. Disney. We've already complained about Disney. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done for today. I'm never done. Screw that company. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people, the talking heads are freaking out about it. Oh, this is the end of both companies now. It's going to be terrible. I don't think it'll be that bad. Yeah. It makes sense. Now they don't have to compete against each other. Sure, yeah. And my thought was, yes, they should compete against each other. They can get that fake competition going, and it'll build up hype. Right. You know, it's like if we pick a fight with another podcaster... It'll help both companies. Yeah, Dyson Dreary punks. I know, those guys suck. Except Jeff. Jeff's all right. The other two are awful. (laughs) 
Okay, I guess we could mention that uh, our uh, our annual Dice and Cheery game is going to be upcoming on Jeff Adams' channel, uh, which should be which should be fun. Like uh, since Dice and Cheery ended, I like that's been normally like my domain since, or at least since the, after the first one. But you know, I guess I guess for three years I've been doing the Dice and Cheery Christmas or uh, adventure, and uh, so, but Dice and Cheery ended this year, or at least. Strahd campaign did. So I wasn't actually planning on anything, but, um, but Jen's going to be doing that. I'm, I'm excited because I get to be a player again. <laughs> you don't have to run something. She says, okay, your character has to be level three. And I said, Crethen is level 11. <laughs> she said, level three. <laughs> Close enough. Guess, guess I'm not playing. Guess I'm not playing Crethen. I never got a hard no on my uh, Sigurd suggestion. So I might bring him in. Well, this was, this was going to be the thing that, um, that I was talking to Jen about. Is that for the last couple of them, you have been playing Victor, who is weird in the book. Like he's described as kind of an inept caster, but he's like when you actually pull up his spells, he's very good. Uh, he's not inept at all. Um, but I was going to take uh, 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 Villainous, what, what we call Villainous, but in the book is uh, uh, Vilnius or Vil- Vilnius. I don't know how to pronounce it, but the inept caster uh, who has a sarcastic quasit uh, on his shoulder. So I was, I was thinking, it's like, oh, if you don't want to be Victor, then I'll, I'll be that guy. Because, but if you're Victor, it'd be weird to have two inept casters. He said, uh, weird or awesome and chaotic. Or I could play the sarcastic quasit. That would actually be great. That could be interesting. We'll have to discuss that. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's like um there was a uh there was a Baldur's Gate game um that Go for the eyes boo go for the eyes Rusk Awesome Yay gets has some Minsk Um that uh uh oh who who is that DM that works for works for Wizards and did dice camera action? I'm blanking on his name. Um That sounds dangerously like a pop culture reference. You know I don't know the fucking answer. <laughs> well, um, one guy who I don't know was playing Minsk in the game, and Matt Mercer, the DM for um, Critical Role, played Boo, <laughs> the, the miniaturized space giant space hamster, and uh, just makes squeaky noises the entire time. It's kind of epic, <laughs> but I think that's a great idea. We should uh, we, we need to ask Jen that. Oh, she'd go along with it. If not, we could just do it, and then I mean, once we start recording, what's she gonna be like? No, you can't do that. Right. That's basically how I handle Jeff and Dyson Dreary is just, you know, do it and make him counterman me. <laughs> right. So how was your Halloween? Was, um uh Halloween was okay. I um I was and, and I was and I, okay, so my plan was I was gonna go volunteer at the church uh for their big event. Uh but I was sick on Monday. And so whatever I had, I didn't want to drag it over there. So I told them, hey, I'm sick. And um, they told me that I was kicked out of the church for being a punk. Um, As you do. Yeah. But uh, so I, once I stayed home, but uh, like this is my first year at this location. So I, I, I had zero idea like how many people were going to come. That's well, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't many. Uh, so we had a lot of candy left over, which I've been working on this week. And I'm saving a little bit. My, you know, the kids are going to come back tomorrow, so I saved a little bit for them. 
but there's far less for them now than there was on Halloween day. Well, I'm better off that way. But especially for me. Yeah. Yeah, I took my youngest out just around the neighborhood. It is uh, like a dying tradition, though, that's for sure. Oh, that's a shame. Houses that always used to be lit up aren't anymore. We ran into maybe two other people out and about. Oh, that's sad. However, the houses that were lit up were giving away a lot more than, you know, well, take one. Oh, oh, that was me. Like, when I realized nobody was coming, I was giving handfuls to people. Yeah, that's pretty much what everyone was doing. And then the kids started getting, like, full packs of Skittles and stuff. Damn. Oh, she never told me, but uh, did Amy ever make the chicken tinga for you guys? No. What the hell? Sorry? You would be if you knew how good it was. I made it a couple weeks ago when I told her about it, and she's like, oh, I'll have to make it this weekend. Well, I'll look forward to that at a future date. All right. Crock-Pot chicken recipe. Oh, nice. Okay. Mexican influences. I don't know if it's an actual Mexican dish, but it was pretty good. Nice. Okay. Um, oh, I, 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 I guess it's been a little bit. We did get to over to the church conference. Uh, conference. Concert. Thankfully, it didn't turn into a conference. That'd been, that would have been a bummer. I know. You know if you if you get if you if you're looking for a rock show, and uh, they just come out with with a PowerPoint and charts. <laughs> so I was actually pretty inspired by this. So the guy, um, Steve Kilby, is the uh, is the singer and and kind of the main force behind the church. So in in 41 years, we just uh, actually while we were there, we got this concert exclusive disc, which I think they're going to release later as a full length disc. But the but 15 new songs. And so this is going to be their 27th album. Kilby himself has 14 solo albums. And so in 41 years, he's done f- 41 albums. If you don't count his side projects, which are another three or four albums. Pretty prolific. Yeah. He's also written a few books. He's 69 years old from Australia, flew over here. They're playing like five nights a week. This is not one of those tours that they, you know, like they, they play one night and then, you know, four nights later, they're in another city. It's, it's like night after night, play two sets over two and a half hours, something like 26 songs. Like I'm much younger than this guy. And I get exhausted just talking about that. That's like Metallica level shows. Right. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and I like it. And Beyond all that, it was it was definitely just one of the best shows that I've been to. Like the band, everybody playing was just on point, playing extremely well. Really, you know, high intensity music, very loud. It was great. So I I, I figured out like when I was describing them to people as psychedelic rock, which they are. Um, they were, so I like, I, uh, I, I, I mentioned that, you know, that there was psychedelic rock to my, to, to friend of the show, Porcho, who I hope we're going to have on in the near future. Um, when we came back, he was like, Oh, was it a nice chill show? And I was like, you know, when I described it as psychedelic rock, I do think that people are thinking like, you know, kind of slow, kind of spacey music. And it's like, no, it's pretty loud, high tempo psychedelic rock. And so that, that show, that show really moved. Fire oh, on high. Was fantastic. 
Thank you. That's what I think of, you know, psychedelic rock. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that was, that was fantastic. And, um, I'm hope I'm now, now that I've finally seen them live, I like, I'm, I'm hoping that's not going to be their last American tour. Cause I'd definitely go see them again. And they responded to my tweet. They retweeted it with a, with a heart. Ooh, there you go. I know. I don't know why I get excited about that. Cause it's Twitter and you know, big bands retweet things all the time, but they, they retweeted mine with a heart on it. So I mean, if you're going to retweet something, put like an actual message instead of a stupid little picture. <laughs> <laughs> just put on there. It's like glad you liked the show, but were you, were you that fucker who kept singing along with the wrong lyrics? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, today being Friday that we're recording, Ryan the Ride Mechanic put out a new video. Okay, and it was a pretty good one. He uh, he's stepping up his game with his sense of humor and his editing. Oh, nice. Okay, so, like he's talking about the merger and throwing up like comments making fun of himself for how boring it is and stuff like that. <laughs> he starts showing just videos in the background. <laughs> also, the uh, thumbnail he chose is freaking genius for it. So I don't want to ruin it for you. You'll catch it. But he's talking about <laughs> looking up news on the merger and because he's not on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Right. But he found some sites he was using to find info from. So is he a real person? Uh, Ryan the Ride Mechanic? Yeah. He looks like he's, it. If he's not on social media? He's probably the only real person left. <laughs> uh, have you seen that video? It, and it's set up like it's a horror film um, uh, where the, the, the girl starts dating this guy but finds out he's not on social media? I don't think so. It, yeah. So uh, when he tells you that, like the, the, the creepy music starts playing in the background, you're not on, on Facebook? And um, it ends up with with uh, her talking to her friends, and uh, he's not on social media at all. Um, they say, "Well, how does he send you dick pics?" <laughs> she, says, she says, "He doesn't. I have to see it in person." <laughs> <laughs> well, do we have anything else going on? I don't know. Seems like we're struggling here. We really need a guest to liven it up one week, and then we can get back to being. <laughs> although i mean it doesn't help i've been down all week and rightly so i forgive me for it yeah well guests lined up for next time i uh intended to get one lined up for this time but something very very important happened and it um it uh made it impossible for me to look for a guest uh that very 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 important thing that happened that prevented me from looking for a guest was that i forgot that i was supposed to well, the fact that you can admit to that. <laughs> I, mean, I can make up some BS reason. Like, you I know, mean, you probably should have. Uh, town was invaded by orcs. They shut down my internet for a few days. That could happen. Well, this is, um, I don't know, like what, like what should our, what should our holiday schedule be? Do we do like, uh, cause this one's going to come out. I guess this would come out the week before Thanksgiving. So, um, Wow, that's throwing me off because we're 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 at the beginning of thanks uh, at the beginning of Thanksgiving, the beginning of November right now, and recording ahead of time. And so, yeah. what, do you, you do you have a do you have um, Thanksgiving traditions? Well, if you had listened to the episode with the lovely and talented Amy, you would have heard that, but clearly you didn't. I wasn't there. No, but you edited it. 
That is grossly overstating what I actually do. <laughs> That's right. What you do is you click the speed up to two times speed, trunking silence, <laughs> publish, done. <laughs> and then somebody writes me and goes, you know, it's at two times speed. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it doesn't take long to pick up on it either. <laughs> Opening theme song kicks in and it's like James Hetfield's playing it. Like, oh, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually, I was recording guitar for the next, the next uh, Dyson Dreary soundtrack album. And I was, uh, I was, I was, I was playing one of those riffs that is, is very much influenced by like, by Metallica and, and other metal bands and, so I, I felt like James Hetfield the entire time. Definitely didn't play nearly as well. It didn't look like him. And you weren't driving a solid gold Ferrari. Does he drive a solid gold Ferrari? I mean, I assume so. Oh, he could if he wanted to. That song would be good for like a, just a crazy wah wah pedal solo, though. Yeah. But anyway, Thanksgiving. I think I'm going to do another batch of carnitas. Okay. Which is I almost said Mexican. I think Spanish for little meats. It's like That's chunks of, yeah, chunks of pork shoulder braised or fried in lard. Oh, nice. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. My last batch came out really good. So hopefully I can improve on that. How's about you? Um, for this year. So I will have the kids this year. And so I think we're going to go for, uh, go to my dad's for lunch and then, uh, head over to Amy for a, for a second or third dessert. And when we're over there, I'll probably complain. It's like, oh, yeah, my dad didn't have any desserts at all. Poor us. We need more pie. There you go. Well, glad I'm not going to be there because I'd just be like, hey, can we go down to Kima? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to like uh, not run to 50 million places that day. Um, but at the same time, try to see. Yeah, you're... Nicer than I am and more social than I am. I'm like, look, you want to see me? This is where I am. If not, fuck it. I'll catch you later. <laughs> I don't know. I might be doing that on Christmas. So we're like on, uh, on Chris, uh, you know, this is one of those things where like, you know, you sign, you sign the custody orders and then later you're looking at it going, what the fuck were we thinking? Like, this is insane. And so yeah. like Christmas day, it's like, okay. So I understand like the, the the intention here is that we want the kids to be able to see both families, but we're doing like a switch off at two o'clock. I'm still going to be digesting at two o'clock. What the hell? That was yep. a dumb idea. Yeah. It was like that with my ex and her. No, my wife and her ex. There we go. It's getting late. Shut up. You know, they had in the whole custody thing was switching off on Christmas day. And we talked about it and was like, you know what? Let's not do that to the kid. We'll just get her the day after Christmas. Yeah. Because it, you know, growing up, I had, you know, we'd have Christmas at my house and then we'd pack up and go down to my grandmother's house. Yeah. There. That's my mother's mother. And I always hated it. I was like, I got all this new shit to play with. And now you're telling me we have to leave and like go deal with family I don't want to deal with. Right. So I didn't want to do that to our kids. So it was like, so we decided, no. That's fine. We'll just do it after. And generally, we will postpone or 
move up our quote unquote Christmas to accommodate that schedule. Yeah. Yeah. That might end up being what's, <laughs> what this is going to be in future years. Yeah. The whole swap off thing's a pain in the ass. So anyway, we might hit an hour on this one. <laughs> oh, this could be a short episode, but we might bring thrash back next episode. It'll be 27 hours. Oh God. I think I'm sick that day. <laughs> All right. So, you know, y'all, y'all write in, uh, I'm going to, so, okay. So like in Spotify, you can put like, like poll questions or just general questions on, on the episode. So like, if you're listening on Spotify, normally I don't add any questions. It's just a question of how did you like the episode? You can write what you want there. I'd much rather you give us a review, but if that's your cup of tea, then do, do your thing. But I might put on there like, uh, uh, you know, uh, how do we do on the Marvel's prediction or something like that? If you are interested, but we need excellent on the Marvel's prediction. Hopefully I'll do have a happy Thanksgiving. The next, uh, next episode, we're going to have to talk about, um, uh, you know, last Christmas or the Wham Christmas challenge and stuff. Oh, you'll be out by then. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah. I know, uh, Amy texted me the other day, said she was listening to Christmas music. Oh yeah. That's like, been yeah, going on for a while. You're screwed. Cause you know, that's going to pop up at some point. Well, thankfully it's like the, it's like the, um, you know, like the, the old standards channel. So it's like Sinatra and stuff. Are you telling me Wham isn't an old standard? That that is what I'm telling you. Yeah, that's blasphemy. Maybe maybe just a couple more years. All right. Well, thank y'all for tuning in, and we'll be back in two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. See, I don't even. Yeah. There you go. I was a little I, late. I don't even have the drive to tell people to shut the fuck up, Donnie. This is how subdued and mellow I am tonight. Wow. I know. You're welcome. Ha, 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 ha.